Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, breakfast somewhere. So, eat up. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Food for thought. I got a really special guest today. My dear old friend Pete Zeldman is on the show, and um, I'm really, really honored to have him. Pete is an amazing musician, and um, so Pete and I met probably in the 80s, early 80s maybe, early, yeah. maybe the early 70s, and Pete at that time, um, Pete was teaching at Drummer's Kind of Collective in New York City, and we were both from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we we have some we have some commonalities, and um, Pete is is one of these <laughs> masters of of time and space. So that's all I can tell you. And there's a lot uh, that needs to be known about him. And um, I just want to introduce my my dear friend Pete Zeldman. Oh, thanks so much, man. Coming from. <laughs> Coming from you, a hero of mine, actually. So, <laughs> oh, no. no. Yeah, and, and I was lucky enough to hear an album that was um, most people have not been lucky enough to hear. No matter what style you play, there was just this incredible uh, way that you played that just, you know, yeah, rocked my world. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm... This is this is for me. This is something I like um, more than a little, like a lot. And um, thank you, Pete. Through our mutual friend Jerry Leone. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, uh, he basically like played this record, an LP, uh, and turned me on to you. And that was my very first taste of Vinnie Colaiuta, and it was it was unbelievable to be able to. Wow. Uh, wow. Now, now we're going to have to ask, we're going to have to ask Jerry what that record was. I mean, I, I could take a guess. I don't know when that might've been, but it doesn't matter. So, and Jerry is another one where, you know, our friend that, that Pete's talking about Jerry Leone, uh, you know, I've known Jerry, oh, probably since, since I was 12, maybe, uh, another dear friend of ours. And, you know, Jerry and I, we went to school together and his mom taught English um, you know, in the, in the grade school that I was in. And, um, but you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, we have a lot of, um, people that came from uh, Pittsburgh that, that are, I mean, Jeff Tane Watts is from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, there's, um, well, back in the day when we were, we were, you know, kids there and teenagers and growing up there. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of great jazz musicians, Harold Betters, Frank Cunamundo, um, Joe Negri, uh, who was on the Mr. Rogers show, that that was a national television show that was done in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, let's see, you got Roger Humphreys, a fantastic jazz drummer, uh, Lenny Rogers, um, Professor Nathan Davis, um, Walt Harper's Attic. I mean, there was, uh, hey, we can go on and on and on. There was a, a big scene there. And... Um, I mean, I just, I remember, you know, when we were kids there and, and you actually, um, before you moved to the UK, cause you've been to the UK 
you've been in living in the UK for a long time now, um, for over 20 years, 20, 30 years, right? Teaching. But, but I remember talking to another mutual friend of ours, Scott Elias, who said that right. you guys had played with Lee Konis together. That's right. We did. Back in like, Pittsburgh. Uh, one-nighter. It was a one-nighter. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those were one-nighters. And, um, yeah, they were, I was really lucky that I could, I could have, I, that I had that opportunity um, because it was just like, you know, what do you say? It was, no, it was know, great, Pete. I mean, to be able to do that, you know, you're, you're in these towns, you live in a town and some, some heavy jazz guys come and they want to, they want to pick up band and you get to play with a lot of people. It's, oh it's God. great. And, and, you know, these guys used to do that in Europe a lot too, but tell me, tell me about your you know, your days in Pittsburgh and what, what caused you to, you know, when you started playing and then yeah, why I'm, you wanted I'm to move to New York and then why you moved to London. And so that, what you, tell, tell us a little bit about your history. I mean, I'll talk about myself. Okay. I love it. Um, my story basically is that my brother, uh, you know, my brother, Jeff was a keyboard player and he was, he and I both took piano lessons from my mom my mom uh, taught piano. I couldn't pick up on it. I didn't have the that, that thing uh, that Jeff had. But Jeff had this unbelievable mm -hmm. um, instant attraction to keyboards. And, you know, we basically would all get together and play at the Bar Hill Church. And it's mm -hmm. really Bower Hill, of course. But um, Yeah, in Pittsburgh, Hill. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, and, and yeah. basically, um, we we just had that uh, whole commonality. Um, so we we got into actually what ended up happening was experimentation came early. My my father taught us something that um, was very 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 important to to me and to us, which was my dad made it uh, essential that we would be different we we were taught that we were to look for individuality to basically get into something that was unique from mm -hmm. a very early age that was important that was something that my my dad and he only died he only passed last year mm. i looked after him all the way until his passing and um, my dad was an inventor um so he basically did um incredible things he was involved in the space shuttle uh he was involved in robotics in a, in, a, in a big way he basically oh man he he was he was brilliant he instilled originality in, into us more than um you know getting into some sort of imitation but but i'll tell you what the the fact that your father did that was a real good thing because he, he sure you are an original my friend and uh i've never heard anything like it so, it, so it, it it worked it that's all i can say is it worked i'm a new yorker originally my dad he had like a de niro accent and everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was like you know man he was you didn't want to be on the wrong you know, in a bad, get him in a bad mood. Let's just put it that way. He was, you know, mm -hmm. forget it. He helped me, but my, my, my ankles one time, what are you doing? You know, this, that, that. I loved him. I loved him. Uh, forget <laughs> it. He was an incredible man and very, very creative. And sure. um, it was just like, I got it. You didn't want to get on the wrong side of the guy, but uh, it was like, gee whiz. He was, 
he had this thing that he just would hold dear to his heart. Um, and, and he instilled in us this incredible, unbelievable way out and in. Um, and he would allow us, you know, an opportunity to um, find another way and, and to mm -hmm. express ourselves sure. in, in a way that was um, very positive. I branched out into territories that I do believe um, uh, a lot of people had never branched out to. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I think that I can say that. I, I, so I you, you, you started this whole uh, multi-pedal thing. And so, so Pete, what, what is it that, that gave you the idea to do that? Is it because you you thought look i want to do something different and if i use these pedals i'll be able to do this or is it because you had you were hearing things in your head and you just you knew that that's how you were going to execute it so that's a huge transition and the transition mm -hmm. came from being able to uh diversify you know whatever the word is i'm i'm tired as as well as you believe it or not, is because of stuff I'm going through at the moment. But understand when I did other than elsewhere in '91, okay, I thoroughly enjoyed um, breaking, you know, breaking new ground. I wanted to do that. It was mm -hmm. something that meant a, an awful lot to me. Sure, it wasn't a little thing. It was a bit. I think it had to do with my dad. Um, I think it had a lot to do with my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, he was somebody that I actually wanted to impress, um, being honest about that. Um, it was something that was important to me and, um, he never got it. He never got it, but in fairness, he tried to, um, and that's cool. That's all right. Uh, it's absolutely okay. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand. It's it's it could go. I'm sure at that time, especially, it went over almost everybody's head. Um, I had the idea for a long time, and uh, matter of fact, Cheryl, my wife, um, actually worked on. Who's a sweetheart? Um, yeah, she uh, basically, you know, helped me i had this shock absorber idea and my idea was how does a person jump off a pedal onto another pedal and what happens the pedal goes like that mm -hmm. so because the pedal goes like that mm -hmm. it's like you you have very little control over the pedals because they they kind of want to just swing back and right forth. of course so i had to come up with something and i called them shock absorber actually Bozio, um, on, on another call, said to me, how do you do what we just talked about? Uh -huh. How do you get around that? What do you do? And I said, that's really, really difficult, Terry. It's, it's a really hard thing because, you know, that's that's one of probably the hardest thing. You have to jump off a pedal. So I basically had to figure out a way to be able to jump off a pedal onto another one the things going like this and you know to be able to do that 
I had to develop something I call a shock absorber. It might not, not have been a true shock absorber, mm-hmm. but it was basically, um, you know, and it, I jumped off the pedal and I could make it work so that it would go, it would go like this and stop. But I had enough action. And the way I did it was I constructed something that basically took the shock of um, this thing and it was a strap. You can see it on the, on the, um, in the videos, you can actually see the strap. And I basically constructed it so that you can run it around the pedal, jump off the pedal and, you know, and you, you can edit it in if you want to. Mm-hmm. And basically you will see that I jump off the pedal and it goes like that and it stops. Problem with that, and there is a problem with it, is that it, it it screws up the action, okay? So that when I jump off the pedal, you're giving away some of what it, you know, when you play like a um, something that allows you to play a fast, really fast double with, with the foot, like, mm-hmm. you know, you do. Uh, that is absolutely masterful and beautiful. So when you're playing like two strokes really fast, get a, you know, mm-hmm. that is something that's taken from you to a degree. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I used Velcro so that I could undo the Velcro and be able to undo the Velcro so that the times that I needed, I could actually put it on and play with it on. And if I didn't, you know, so it's actually um, something that is an invention you know, mm-hmm. it's like I jump off the pedal and the pedal goes boom like that and stops. And that's it. It's that simple, but it's not that simple to make. So I created that. I actually created that back in the, geez, my God, that was ages ago. So you, you really got into some polyrhythmic stuff. Where did you, where were you first exposed to that and how did it come to you? to to sort of to do that stuff you somehow and i wasn't even aware of this at the time you know uh, and, and until i met you and, and then i saw what you were doing and and you know for you it's it's just i don't know how it came to you but you were doing it as a solo artist you were doing it as just part of your whole compositional uh thing yeah it was amazing you know and i'd love to to know how how that came about you know it was really hard, man, um, because of the um, whole money thing. It always goes back to money, right? It's like there was a, a really big problem with having, you know, how am I going to do this and be able to um, pull it off and, you know, be able to, you know, make enough money to at least pay myself back. And I and right. I couldn't. Right. I couldn't. I lost money on every mm. damn project. You know, every project I lose money, and that yeah. bothered me an yeah. awful lot. It really did. Now, mm-hmm. thing is, why does a person do it? Because I loved doing it. Yeah, of course. That is the only reason I did it mm-hmm. because it was horrendously difficult. To be able, and I don't care anymore now because I'm of a certain age. I got a disease that's going to kill me. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, that's tough. Uh, 
I understand. That's a tough one. I love art. I love music. You sure do, and it shows, Pete. It shows in everything that you've done and everything that you do. And, you know, um, when you when you first got into this concept, how did these rhythms come to you? Did they just come? Raindrops. Raindrops. Um, <clears throat> I think you might have heard of um, people telling you about the fireworks, about um, popcorn. Uh, I basically took uh, a great deal of love went in. I'm done now, by the way. So, uh, yeah, a great deal of love went into my world of rhythm. Uh, and that, you know, was a really, really important aspect. I basically got into it strictly out of love. I love music. When you talk about popcorn and raindrops and so, these things, you're talking about sounds of nature, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, uh, right. And so, in other words, you heard these kind of abstract rhythmic sounds, yeah. and you knew that you could assimilate that by playing that way, right? They Absolutely. meant something to you. That rhythm meant something to you, and you, you were, you were expressing what that meant, right? Oh God, yeah. Okay. For you to put it in a way that that you know created these kind of um you know various kinds of groupings and i mean these kind of polyrhythmic structures was really amazing like we'll talk about you you mentioned other not elsewhere that was your album that you released in 1991 right i mean that record to me is like when i heard that 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 record is like it's like a drum movie it's like a, a painting. It's I, I can't even really describe it. It's really probably more like a, a symphony in different movements because each piece starts and ends. And so it's kind of like different movements of this huge kind of cinematic, you know, uh, symphony of drumming because it, it's so evocative. It, 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 um, it evokes a lot of imagery and, um, and it's very poetic and, and it's it's just um, it's it's masterful. I mean, I, I I don't know how to describe it, and and you know, I would urge listeners to look for it. I I ordered a copy. I, I told you I found a copy I again. Can't, I can't believe it. You want man? Nah, I support the arts. <laughs> and with that, it's a good time to inject an excerpt from Other Not Elsewhere, released in 1991 called Fragrance of Tidal Waves to Intoxicate Jackhammer Teardrops.
You can see what I mean when we turn to the interview now. I support I the arts. Do. I support I the arts. Do, I know you do. By yes, the way, sir. man, just so you know, I, don't, uh, I do not uh, cry the uh, tip of a hat. Believe me, I don't. And uh, But when something moves me, and, and, you know, I've actually been moved by listening to you play. Wow, man. I mean, I've been Thank you. moved by your plan. You know, that's, that's, that's it. You know, it's like, that's, and you know what else is real. It's like, uh, everything about it is, is so real. Thank you. To me, well, I appreciate that. I mean, that means the world to me, Pete. It really does. But but and and I'm and I feel the same about you. So this is we're, we're talking about Pete here. So I'm going to keep it on Pete because you know I'm trying to um, really uh, understand. Uh, there's so so much depth in what you've done and what you were able to sort of uh, just you know you you would the whole thing with your paddle set up and setting up one set of one bed of rhythms. And then on top of that is this whole other universe of stuff going on. And it's just, it's very, very unique. And, um, and so, you know, the, 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 the fact that when people want to know, like, how do you think of this or where does it come from? And you talk and you say things like raindrops or, or popcorn, that's, you know, that's it. yeah. That's uh, even speech patterns, if you were to say, look, this is how somebody talks in a particular rhythm, unless you start having bar lines and tempos, then it could be any number of things. So, yeah, so if you can sort of flex your mind and, uh, and, and, and get a grip on, you know, hearing rhythm that flexibly, then, okay. I mean, I don't know how many people actually do that, but... But, yeah, there's the key right that's, there. That's a trick. That's that's that is a trick. So mm -hmm. that particular thing can be different. So you, like, let, let me see. Reading it, someone like you would would be able to read it. Um, my goodness, it's like, and that is that is in itself an amazing trait that you have that absolutely fascinates me we won't stay on you hey man this is my shit you know <laughs> yeah well i mean i was a nerd and stuff and i always like reading and that was just my thing but but yeah in order to and there's uh, some people that i know that can transcribe things amazingly well uh, but but for you did you did you have any influences where you heard that done before uh that's a great question no but i i'm actually I did hear of it being done, like Maceon. You know Maceon? By chance, there's a guy, Olivier Maceon, and what he did, mm -hmm. he went in the woods. He went in the woods for, they say, a year. I don't necessarily believe that, mm -hmm. but he went in and transcribed bird calls. And literally, you can actually find bird calls. Um, just Google um, Maceon bird calls, and see if something comes up that allows you to find the piece I'm talking about, or maybe pieces. Okay. And you'll be able to find it, uh, Olivier Maison, I think, M-E-S-S-I-A-N. Mm -hmm. And you might get lucky and, and find something, and uh, okay. you could find it. So there are people that do that. But, you know, it depends on, on whether or not you want to spend the time to do, to do that. I think that's pretty neat. Um mm -hmm. Listen, if nothing else, it exercises your brain. 
you planning on releasing more stuff, P? I, I, I hope I have the time. Let's 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 hope that um, mm -hmm. I that I have the time. I do have certain plans. I I don't know, man. I've been doing some some various artwork that I've been uh, focusing Your on. Your artwork is great. Thank you, man. Thanks so much. It's like so. It's real fun. It, it takes me out of myself, and um, I gotta. I'll be honest. It it, it allows me to takes me you know i can i can relax to it if my face got brighter it's because uh yeah i it 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 does you know lift the light lift the light here but this has been a treat by the way um really mm. uh, thrilled to be with you as always and uh, whenever we speak i gotta you know it's great pete you know something i gotta tell you pete in a way, it's really hard for me to be asking these questions because, you know, at a certain point, you get to a certain point, and um, sometimes it's difficult to go back and trace, you know, how things happened because when you get into a flow and, and, and things are just a part of you, it, it's just, it's, it's as if it always was. So wow. it's, you know what I mean? It's like... Um, for me to say, well, well, you know, what, what got you into, how did this start? If people were ask me uh, certain things about that, I always think to myself, well, I don't know. I mean, I just hear it and I do it and, and some things I worked on and well, how did you work on it? Well, just the way anybody else worked on stuff. But, you know, some things come harder for other people and some things come easier for some people. And, and for me, I think that's probably why one of the reasons why I basically don't teach because I don't I don't think necessarily in in the that way where you know there's so many people out there now who'll say oh well if you do this for two weeks you know your your doubles will get better but here's what you do you know every third day you know bump up the metronome a little bit and make sure you do it uh, for 20 minutes a day but make sure you rest you know, exactly for five minutes. And it's like I, those kinds of things to me, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's any one particular thing that's uh, sort of a, a, a one size fits all. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like there's a lot of people out there that have developed their skill and their musicality through, through various ways. And, you know, it, it, for me, the whole thing is process and you just dive in and do it. It's a very immersive, drumming is an immersive experience. You just have to do it and spend enough quality time doing it. Some things need to be repeated the right way, ergonomically. And you know what I mean? It's like, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Your, your, your physiology is different than mine. It's, you know, some people have really long arms and some people have short arms and, you know, it's, yeah. And, and, and how you perceive rhythm, it's, there's a lot to it. So, you know, you know, in a way I feel a little awkward asking you things, these things, because I know how sometimes it's really difficult to answer them because you, you, you seem like one of those people that you just think that way. It's not like you sat down and you had to go figure out mathematically every little thing, you know, because when you talk about raindrops and things like that, that just tells me that you're able to abstract a, um, you know, rhythmic actual 
mathematical translatable rhythmic structures out of out of something that seems chaotic and and you explained it i've seen you do it where you say okay this is a structure of seven on on this and this is a structure of these are good this is going to be a cycle of nine over here and so you understand mathematically what you're doing but it's because you can hear a, a bigger wider uh rhythmic concept i mean that's the way i, I see it I know. So, yeah, well, a couple of things. One is that, like, when you're talking about, um, when you were talking about, uh, I think it was something to do with, uh, that made me think of Tommy Campbell, who is incredibly tall. Yeah. Um, and and I sat in on his kit. Wow. I called Ken with Denard right after, because we're kind of more the same height. And then... <laughs> than I am with Tommy, right? <laughs> yeah. So he ends up like saying, because Tom, Tommy said, man, you, you're playing. I go, shit, man, I I, I, I play on your, your monster kit, your spider kit, your whatever kit, you know. This <laughs> is crazy. Um, I couldn't reach the pedals. Uh-huh. Right? right. And so, like, I went and I, I got on, I played in Kenwood Denard, I called him on the phone, and I... He said, let me guess, snare drum solo. I said, that's right. <laughs> I just, he ends up, they ended up like turning it all over to me. And it was like, they wanted to give the drummer some. And it was like, you know, turned out to be a uh, <laughs> beat like play. And it was like a snare drum solo. So, yeah. you know, making the most of, of that. Right, situation. man. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. you get around the drums, you can't get around the rest of the drums. It's, it's weird. I, I know exactly what you mean. Huh? I you, yeah, but you're 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 tall, aren't you? Yeah, I used to be. I, I don't know. I'm maybe five eleven or something. But but I think you that. With you. Hmm? Sorry, brother. Go ahead. No, I mean I've I've same things happen to me where, you know, I've, people have said to me, "Oh, you know, you can sit down on any kid. I've seen you do it, you know." And yeah, I've done it a few times where I was just able to do it. But there have been a few times where it was really uncomfortable. So, you know, I get it. But um, but you know what, um, Pete, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is talking to you, man, and, and, and I want people to understand what it is that you do and, and hear it and be blessed by what you do. And, um, I, you know, I strongly urge people to go out and look for... Um, yeah, you, you, can, you can hear it on um, CD Baby... Other than elsewhere in Twilight Walks Over. Twilight Walks um, Over. That's on CD Twilight Baby. Walk. Here's an example from that record called Space Dust.
and that's and that's your more recent release, right? That's right. And the thing is about it is that I I did put it out, and uh, unfortunately, the it's not the production isn't at all in the same league as uh, the other as uh, other not elsewhere. The production, well, I recorded other not elsewhere in a, a complete, and it was a basically a ham factory. Um, it was a, oh my God, uh, prison during the Civil War. Yeah, God what? knows what happened in that place. It had loads of ghosts, man. And I went up to like the third, um, I think, I don't know what floor it was, but the elevator door opened, man, and you literally opened the door into like a half floor. And um, it was filled with ghosts, man. It was just filled with ghosts. And I got Matt, the producer, at that time. Uh, uh, you know, um, access to that building. He got he got a studio in that building as well, um, and for some reason, yeah, that worked out for him. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's it. Story behind that. It was like prison during the Civil War, weird shit. So all right, weird <clears> stuff all amazing. around that album. All, all around that album. But I love you, brother. I love you more than anything, and I think you know that. Right. Well, thanks, man. Right back at you, Pete, man. And um, I'm so glad we did this. And and um, and and I want people to uh, to hear this amazing stuff that you've done, um, and, and so that you, the world will even be further enriched by it. Thank you. Yeah. So, everyone, that was the great Pete Zeldman, and um, we encourage you all to. Um, to go out and, and find those records. I'll talk more about them um, at your earliest convenience. Don't walk, run to get them. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny. <laughs>